Hi friends, welcome to the Literary Sipper Podcast, where we sip from all things literary and literal. We offer creative parents a place to come for camaraderie and inspiration as we try to balance being a writer with managing a houseful. I'm your host, Amber Vitti Hill. Thank you for joining me. Today, the Literary Sipper is going to talk intimidation. I am absolutely familiar with this feeling. Ironically, when I was a high school English teacher, I would often be called intimidating by my students, mostly because I believed deadlines were deadlines, and I had an expectation that they actually read the books I assigned, and I even had the audacity to ask them questions about them and expect them to respond. But the kind of intimidation I feel as a writer stems from my own sense of self-doubt, and I'm sure there are many, many of you out there who understand the self-doubt creature just as well as I do. I bring up education because it's often in the classroom where our shame and our doubt emerges in very pivotal times in our lives. We definitely can remember that first teacher who told us we could do better or we weren't that good at what we thought we were good at. I think it was Brene Brown, the modern guru that she is, that said that education accounts for something like 90% of our feelings of shame. And she also says that teachers must be, quote, Guardians of spaces that allow students to breathe, be curious, and to explore. But back in the day before, days before Brene Brown, teachers felt like they needed to be the gatekeepers of knowledge, the gatekeepers of who was considered talented and who was, had that elusive specialness that marks the true artist or the true scholar. And those students were raised up and allowed the creative energy to surge through them, knowing that they would be rewarded at the end. It was the rest of us who struggled. If we weren't overflowing with creativity, if we didn't revise our essays perfectly, if we felt paralyzed by a blank page, we were deemed average or ordinary. Or like one teacher said to me, if I ever tried to make a living as a writer, that I would starve, quote, unquote. I had many more who said the opposite, but whose voice stays with me longer? You bet. It's the American history teacher in the 11th grade. It's not the myriad of teachers I had who supported any adventure that I thought of. It's the one that told me I couldn't. We have to be careful that we don't let someone else's voice become ours. If we do that, we risk stopping that flow of energy and creative inclination. And we won't get to those new and brilliant ideas. We won't even get to the boring ideas because you won't even bother to try. We have to be careful that we don't allow the beautiful voices of the authors we admire to become even more important than our own. This is also a pitfall for writers. When you have a library full of writers that you admire, whose books you think are so powerful and perfect that you can't possibly join them in their enterprise, that you're not even part of the conversation, you do yourself a disservice. Why do we let ourselves be so intimidated? And what can we do about it? That's what we're talking about today. I have a few tips for you. And would love for you to let me know what tips you have for other sippers out there. 
So when we're feeling intimidated in particular, we need to look at the way we connect with ourselves and the work. The most intimidating voice in your posse of naysayers is the one that comes from you. The old stories you tell yourself about not being good enough or smart enough or talented enough to pursue an artistic passion are just that. They are stories. This voice was most likely patterned after early ones in your life. Maybe those teachers that we were talking about earlier. Those prominent people who wanted you to be safe and normal and not talk to your imaginary friends. You are not that voice. Be kind to yourself. Be curious about how far you can go with your artistic pursuits. What would you say to your friend or your critique partner, your lover, if they wanted to write? I am sure you would be supportive and generous with your encouragement. If your child came to you and wanted to explore their creative side, I'm pretty sure that you would unroll the red carpet for them, find the right class, read the right book out of the library, get them the help that they needed. You deserve the same. I'm a big fan of affirmation. If you say I am a writer every day in the mirror, mirror, it will become your truth. And you cannot allow voices from your past to dictate your future. You are a writer because you write. When you feel intimidated by the word writer or author or artist, remember that by definition, a writer is simply one who writes. So if you're doing the work, then you get to call yourself a writer. About eight years ago, I went to the doctor's office in Cambridge where I was living at the time and checked in at the front desk. And the woman said to me, oh, Amber Hill, that sounds like a writer's name. And I replied, that's good because that's what I am. And that was the first time in my adult life I had ever said that out loud to anyone. I usually answered with, I'm a stay-at-home mom, I'm an English teacher, I'm a college consultant, or any of the many hats I've worn over the years. Through all the journeys, one thing never changed. I wrote through them all. When I came home, I told my husband, I, I said to this woman I was a writer today. And he said, good, it's about time. Part of this journey is admitting to yourself that it's okay to be a writer. It's okay to be an artist. It is okay to have that facet of yourself be first and foremost in your mind. It doesn't make you less of a parent. It doesn't make you less of a fill in the blank of your other occupation. But what it does do is it creates a three-dimensional picture of you, that you are all those things and none of those things. What you are is the amalgamation of all the choices you make. So when you choose to write, you are choosing a more creative path. So you have to ask yourself why you were intimidated in the first place. And this is the scary part. Anyone who writes knows you can get intimidated pretty easily by the amount of books out there in the world or the amount that you have to do to create a platform in this modern age. We can frame it a million ways, but we all know the feeling intimately. Instead, ask yourself, why do I write in spite of all of these obstacles? Your written words are so important to you that you are gathering ammunition to battle these negative thoughts valiantly and with grace. Try to see the writing as a gift. It is a gift to you and a gift to the world. You feel good when you've hit that word count. You feel good when you fix that plot hole. You feel good just as many times as you feel intimidated.
and you belong to the larger community of writers. And if you reach out to them, you will feel that support. Once you have asked yourself why you write, go ahead and put your answer down on paper. Hang it where you can see it and remind yourself of the true reasons every single day. You'd be so surprised how giving the literary community can be. I re- when I finished Lincoln at the Bardo, which is one of the most beautiful books George Saunders uh, wrote, and it, and it won several prizes. And I was so moved by this book that I, I wrote him, I wanted to write to him. And it's so easy in this day and age to contact your heroes, right? There's Twitter feeds. I can tweet at Colson Whitehead any day that I want to. But George Saunders wasn't part of that social media world at the time. He may not still be part of that world. I'm not sure. So I know that he's a professor of writing at Syracuse, and I found him on the faculty directory, and I wrote him a letter. And I just said how much his book meant to me. And I will never regret writing that letter and connecting and saying, hey, this moved me, and I want you to know about it. And he wrote back a lovely, short, wonderful little note that I treasure. And I really feel like if you feel intimidated, if you think these magical unicorn writers don't suffer from the same crisis of self-doubt that you do, that they don't look at the same at the blank page in the same way that you do, you're wrong. We're all connected. We're all trying to do this thing called writing. And sometimes we get stuck. And that's true. You are going to get stuck. It's part of the writing gig. But the next time you do, I want you to try these two things, these two journaling exercises. The first, list three aspects of the human condition that you're grateful for, whatever they are. Are you grateful for the feeling you get when you wake up in the morning and you're given another day to start again? Are you grateful for the sadness in your life because it let you know and recognize the happy moments? Whatever it is, your human conditions that you are grateful for. And then remind yourself that even the greatest among us struggle and celebrate in this life. Just because you think Judy Bloom is the most magical writer on the planet doesn't mean that she didn't struggle with her books. Just because you think Walt Whitman will write poetry, no one will ever write like Walt Whitman ever again, which is sometimes what I think, you have to remind yourself that his struggle and his celebrations in life are vital to who he was as a writer. The second journaling exercise I would have you do is to list three times you continue to try, even though the odds were against you. Why did you do that? How did you manage to gather the courage? What strength did you gather? And what did you tell yourself along the way? While I'm still in your ear here on this podcast, I really would suggest that you try to do this in your next journaling practice. I think you'd be surprised that your body and brain are connected to your courage and your courage is connected to your creativity. Start with journaling for two minutes. It feels like nothing, but believe me, you can get a lot written in two minutes. And that stuff stays in your consciousness 
because the act of writing itself is an act of cementing the words in your consciousness. What I would say, lastly, before we go, is that nothing can replace the curiosity you have about your own writing journey. As long as you make time for it and you don't let the voices intimidate you, you can go very far and keep challenging yourself and growing. Thanks for listening, friends, and keep writing. If you want to hear more, follow me on Instagram at Amber Hill. Have a great day. I hope you have something warm and cozy to sip today. <laughs>